So then when it came to uh, how we express how we express that, we came up with a phrase, let's share the truth and love of Jesus, person to person, generation to generation, culture to culture, and place to place. And we felt like that was a really inclusive phrase to say that our church isn't going to be targeted to Sutherland Shire people who surf or Sutherland Shire people who are young adults or people who come from an Anglo background. We're actually going to try and aspirationally say we want to be a church for different kinds of people. Uh, Saturday night's really helpful for that because we could create um, a space for people to come together and embrace difference on a Saturday night where some people have family, some people don't, some people were elderly, some people weren't. And the discipleship from that could be that older people uh, could get beside younger people and that we could actually invite anybody to that group. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Shock Absorber podcast. I am here of course with my co-host Stuart Crawshaw. How are you today? I'm good thanks Joel. And it's quite exciting we are now into episode three of Mm -hmm. season two which is about how we decided to actually plant a church. Mm -hmm. Um, We're unpacking how we wanted to do church as an all age, all stage expression rather than just focusing on one demographic. Um, And we also wanted to translate how what we learned in youth ministry into a church for everybody. So my first question, I suppose, is why did we do Saturday night and what was the thinking behind that? Why did we make that our main night? Yeah, terrific. Well, as we've said in our previous episodes, we got together as a launch team at the beginning and we uh, brainstormed uh, what we were going to do as a church. And we talked about the fact that the Bible was our authority and there were some traditions that we were going to bring with us and there was a cultural context that we were planting a church into. So we wanted to take into account um, the traditions that we were going to bring with us and the culture we we're planting into uh, under the authority of God's word. So we had lots of conversations about that. And part of the traditions that we bring with us as an Anglican church is that we bring the traditions of the Anglican church, like the prayer book and how we uh, do our liturgy in our church. But also part of our tradition, because we'd been a youth group for 20 years, part of our traditions were the traditions of uh, what we decided to do with our principles in youth ministry that we had found had helped to solve some of the problems that we had faced over the years. So one of the problems we had was individualism, consumerism and transience. And we found that that was resulting in a lot of young people leaving the church in the early 90s. And so we we felt uh, like it was a good thing to uh, have a think about how we could do youth ministry in a different way. And I suppose the summary of that was that we would, instead of being... Uh, a youth group, we wanted to preach the gospel and share our lives with each other. And we thought if we do that as leaders, that we could um, be a peer group as a leadership group and be friends with each other for the gospel and gather around the word of God together and then grow the young people up into that culture. So while we were running a youth group on a Friday night, in the early days we were being a peer group on the Saturday night. And the good thing about that was that uh, that was more... um, cooperative Uh, we were uh, seeking to serve one another instead of just being individualistic uh, instead of just being consumeristic and going to church uh, for things that suit us we were actually being prepared to put ourselves out for the other and be a part of a body so that again was more servant-hearted and um, it did reduce transience people found that being in a community where we preached the gospel and shared our lives with each other was quite a good thing so I suppose the practicalities around how we wanted to put those principles into place 
formed up around how we used Saturday night in the early 90s. And um, Saturday night became the night where we as leaders would get together. Uh, we'd invite our non-Christian friends to come along, of course, and we'd also ask other Christian friends to come. And when the kids got to a point where they'd hit year 10 in high school, uh, they would graduate out of the Friday night youth group into our Saturday night peer group and be a part of that. So the Saturday night was a really core part of our culture early on in the youth group. So when we came as a church planting group to think about how we're going to church plant, we thought, well, Saturday night is a good starting point. Will we think of it from that point of view? And the good part about that, Joel, was that um, really early on, we grew up in a church in the 80s that was segmented. And so we had um, the, uh, the, the elders of our church would gather together in the early morning service for a traditional service. And then the families would gather after that for a family contemporary service on a Sunday morning. And then the youth would have a youth service in the evening. And that, that idea was generated by a thing called the homogeneous unit principle. So that people in our culture in the West these days tend to gather in like groups. So that our church at Gaim Ranglican had accommodated that by saying the older people liked hymns and the prayer book and the younger people liked more contemporary music and a more relaxed service. So, uh, the decision was made to have two services, one for the uh, older generation, one for the younger ones. And when it came to the families, many families wanted a contemporary service as well. And so they would gather together in their contemporary service. Uh, but early on, we noticed that the problem with that or the shadow of that was uh, that people didn't get to know each other in the morning service and the evening service and the family service. So there were three generations separated in the church into these as, as I said, they're called homogeneous unit principles. Homogeneous meaning same, so these same groups of people. But uh, in one service, they probably hadn't heard a baby cry for 15 years. And in the, in the evening service, they probably hadn't been to a funeral before. So what we thought is that to actually bring the services together, we'd increase our discipleship and our mission by having a more of a heterogeneous approach on a Saturday night. So even though we were a group of youth leaders, we didn't run it as a or, uh, as a um, as a homogeneous unit just for youth. Just for well, just for young adults. So we could have structured it as a homogeneous unit principal and had youth group for youth on Friday night and then young adults on Saturday night. But what we decided to do was say, well let's let's have young adults and senior teenagers mixing in appropriate ways so that we didn't drink, we didn't have alcohol, so that we could serve our younger brothers and sisters and we also had a, a format that was really uh, safe and the leaders actually made it uh, a really appropriate uh, context. But what we were starting with, even with senior teens and young adults, was they, de- they tended not to mix with each other in our area of Sydney. Young adults and teenagers wouldn't do social stuff together. So by bringing those two groups together on a Saturday night, that was more heterogeneous or all age, all stage, as we like to call it, not homogeneous. So while we continued at Gaim Ranglican to go to the youth service to serve and love our leadership who wanted to continue to maintain the homogeneous unit principle at Gaim Ranglican Church, we were experimenting in the early 90s with an alternative to the homogeneous unit principle. Now, I said that that increased our discipleship and our mission and the, and the basic reason for that on a Saturday night why that was good was having a context where younger Christians could see how older Christians lived and actually acted as Christians in a social context was really helpful for them, not just to be taught what it was like to be a Christian, but to actually share life together in appropriate ways on a Saturday night. And then the other side of it that was really good was mission was increased from that too, because 
uh, people were very excited about that Saturday night peer group and would ask their friends along because they were excited about going to church again. And unfortunately, sometimes Christians in Sydney can lose their excitement for going to church. And it's no surprise that they tend to ask less people to church when they're not excited to come along and hear about Jesus. So we'd preach the gospel every Saturday night around the Bible, but then we'd also have dinner together. We'd also just do fun stuff together. So when we came to the church plant, this now really needed to be uh, really explored in a deeper way because we didn't want to be a church plant to young adults or a church plant to a particular um, ethnic group. We wanted to be a church for everybody. And we'd already said in our church planning sessions that we felt like Jesus changes everything and that the gospel is really powerful and that the Bible actually teaches us that we should actually get young and old Christians together. We should actually get um, people who are Jewish and Gentile together and that we should express the unity we have in Christ together because after all on the cross Jesus reconciled us to God and in Ephesians Paul unpacks that and he says that not only does he reconcile us to God but he also reconciles us to each other so if we can express that reconciliation that Jesus has won for us in the body and be a family then that across all the ages yeah across all the ages and also include other people so we came up early on with that that phrase Jesus changes everything and if that's that's kind of like the why of our church why are we doing what we're doing and then that frees you up to think well we can actually live a countercultural lifestyle as Christians we don't have to just live like the culture and I felt like the homogeneous unit principle was saying well the culture is that teenagers don't hang out with adults so let's bring that culture into the church whereas we're thinking well the Bible encourages us to be a family so let's do that and so that it's the countercultural And also piece. live differently in the world too. Yeah, then that means we live differently. So then when it came to uh, how, we express, how we express that, we came up with a phrase, let's share the truth and love of Jesus, person to person, generation to generation, culture to culture, and place to place. Mm-hmm. And we felt like that was a really inclusive phrase to say that our church isn't going to be targeted to Sutherland Shire people who surf or Sutherland Shire people who are young adults or people who come from an Anglo background. We're actually going to try and aspirationally say we want to be a church for different kinds of people. Uh, Saturday night's really helpful for that because we could create um, a space for people to come together and embrace difference on a Saturday night where some people have family, some people don't, some people were elderly, some people weren't. And the discipleship from that could be that older people uh, could get beside younger people and that we could actually invite anybody to that group. Uh, The missional increase was important too, because I remember as a youth minister, uh, our youth group at Guymer Anglican Church grew probably 80% of people who came from non-Christian backgrounds. And yes, they did come to uh, the Saturday night at Guymer Anglican, but then when we had a church service, we were just a youth service. So all these non-Christians who'd become Christians have non-Christian families like yourself with your family. But as a young person, if you have a homogeneous unit church for young people that you go to a youth service, it's hard to ask your mum and your dad and your auntie and uncle and your grandparents to a youth service. So we thought the increased mission opportunity was not only to see young people become Christians, but then to give them a space that's all age, all stage, not the homogeneous unit principle, but more intergenerational so that you could ask your mum and dad to come along as well. So Saturday night works really well for some of those goals because doing mission and discipleship uh, intergenerationally on a Saturday night is is helpful because we thought if we if we did it on a Saturday night we could start it early enough so that people with kids could come along but then it could also 
go into the night later so that young adults who wanted to stay up late could still hang out with each other. So it gave us a great deal of room to try and create a space for different generations. I remember that you also used to say um, that the reason that we did Saturday night for youth and young adult ministry was because that's it actually ended up spending more time with each other was where we actually found that there was more action in the church. And mm. that was, was that something that we, that um, made us think that Saturday night was again, another good reason to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there are, there, there are some schools of thought that suggest that you do mission and discipleship se- separately, that you do discipleship in the church service and then you do your mission outside of the church. So it's quite a common view in the Sutherland Shire that people would go to church on Sunday night at the youth service and then they go to a Bible study and if they had time they might be a youth leader on a Friday night but then on a Saturday night that's party night so that you'd you'd go up the pub with your non-Christian friends to reach out to them or you'd go to weddings and different things. Now we we knew that we would have activities that we'd all need to do on a Saturday night so if someone had a wedding or or a 21st or something obviously we wanted to try and find a time on Saturday night where people could go to church and then still go out afterwards if they wanted to. But we also thought, why can't we as Christians gather together like we used to in the youth group and have fun together as Christians to invite non-Christian people to come and see how we live? And that's why we thought Saturday night would work. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so uh, first of all, we should remind everyone that we the first location was President Avenue Community Church, who were very kind to let us do that. But then let's maybe get into the real practical nature of what we actually did once we chose Saturday night as the night. Do you want to run us through from beginning to end how yeah. it kind of ran? Yeah, that's a really good question because I often get asked, uh, how does that work? Like a lot of people have only ever experienced the homogeneous unit principle in Sydney. I don't know if all our listeners are in that context. There might be some other listeners and, and viewers today that are uh, have experienced intergenerational ministry before but uh, some people say how do you get everyone together so it is a good question to ask like how do you practically do it so I think the the good place to start would be with the time the starting point and so we thought what we would do on a Saturday night was start at five o'clock in the afternoon now that works really well in our area because in our area some people have weekend sport and they have Saturday jobs mm-hmm. so there's a chance that even with that early start, if we sort of have a soft start at five o'clock with the idea that the gathering itself, the formal gathering will start at 5.30, people have time to come after work on a Saturday night or after sport. Uh, so that's also an early enough time for the kids to come along. And, and so as we started at five o'clock, um, we just thought we'd start with coffee and give people a chance to mill around and, and talk. And at the same time, we started a new idea where we, instead of running the kids' teaching time during the service, we started kids' teaching time at five o'clock. And that meant that the kids had half an hour of Bible teaching uh, when they were still awake enough to be able to learn things. And then when the formal gathering started, we came up with this thought, well, we've only got one group of people running one service, so how do we help the kids' team to be a part of the church service every week? And what we thought we'd do is start this thing called Kids Chill. And Kids Chill where, where was an, a situation where after the kids' teaching time, 5 to 5.30, then all the kids' teachers would come into the service with everyone else. And any of the kids whose parents wanted them to come to the service could also attend the service as well. So for some families, they love the idea of having the kids in the service with us, and that's uh, an option at our church. Uh, but for others who have kids that are a bit more busy and, and 
um, and not as easy to sit down and listen and or be a part of the whole service, we started this thing called Kids Chill. And the cool thing with that is we got all the safe adults in the church to be on a roster where we look after the kids during the service, say once a term or, or twice a term, including the pastors. Um, I was on that as well. And the good thing about that was as well as asking the kids to come and experience our culture in the formal time, we also got to know them in safe ways in their culture too. So we got to hang out and talk to them. A good example of how that worked was I think my first kids chill, there was uh, a group of kids in year six that I was hanging out with uh, with another leader and we were we were just talking during uh, the kids chill time. And one of the, the girls uh, said, uh, oh, I've got a test this week and I'm a bit stressed about it. And we all said, oh, well, let's pray for you now. So we prayed for her. And then the great thing about that was the next week over dinner, I was able to say to her, oh, how did you go with your test last week? I was praying for you. And she said, oh, thanks for that. That's really nice. So it gave me an opportunity and a space to get to know them. Yeah. And over the years, um, yeah, that, that young girl, Anna, is now left school and she's a young adult and we've been friends for quite a while. So that's um, a really nice example of how Kids Chill worked. Uh, but as well as Kids Chill, I suppose one thing I need to kind of say in that first answer is we really thought through how people uh, engage with this new environment so already it's sounding different to a lot of churches uh, the formal service itself as we'll say in a minute isn't that different to other churches but this beginning time you don't usually go to a church and have a coffee time where you hang out for half an hour so we thought the welcoming was really important as well so as well as thinking about kids ministry our welcoming ministry needed to think through how do we invite people into this space and my wife Louise and Matt's wife Lauren did a lot of work with another lady called Monica at our church and they went around looking at different churches and how they did welcoming, which we'll talk some more about next week, I think, Joel, in the next week's episode, so I won't talk too much about it. <laughs> but the main thing is that we were talking about making it a warm atmosphere and putting the welcoming desk outside of, or sorry, inside the church rather than outside so that when people came in, they were offered a coffee and we gave them a welcome bag and and they were greeted at the door and then someone from the welcome team could ask, oh, you want a coffee or a drink or a tea or something and introduce them to other people. And we found that was a really easy way to introduce new mm. people. And people had about a half an hour to sort of settle in a little bit before the formal service started. So that's kind of how the church started on a Saturday night. Yeah, so like, so just to recap, so it's the five o'clock's kind of soft start with yep. the coffee and hangout time. Yep. 5.30 is the start of the service. Yep. What's the usual way we decided to do the service? It was based around the Anglican prayer book, is it that is, correct? It is, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. we're Anglicans, and so uh, our Anglican service starts with uh, a welcome, and we we started with a, a welcome and then a song, and then after a time of singing, we had the confession, and in the Anglican church, we remember that God is God and we are not, and that it's good to remember that, that Jesus has died uh, for our sin and that we he died once uh, on the cross uh, as a payment for all sin and as Christians that we have been forgiven uh, by putting our faith in Jesus and what we like to do in the Anglican church is to remember that as forgiven sinners we continue to be sinners and as Paul talks about in Galatians we need to continue to fight the fight of faith and so we remind ourselves each week that we're continuing to live for Jesus, not ourselves, and that Jesus gives us victory over sin and through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and uh, continuing to read God's word and continuing to pray to him and continue to fight the fight of faith. It's a good thing. Part of that is to come together as Christians and confess our sins together and, and 
we do that at the, at the beginning of the service. Uh, and then we pray and we have a time of prayer after that. So that time is really meaningful, uh, I think, and really special. Uh, so after we've done something um, in that piece, we then move on and remember that in church, as Christians, we talk about having sober joy, that there's a sobriety that comes from coming to church in the sense that we're coming to worship the king of the universe and that when we talk to him and we confess our sins, that is very sober. But then there's also a lot of joy in the faith and that there's a great deal of celebration as we come together, which is captured sometimes in our singing and also in our church. When we come to talk about community news, we like to celebrate what God's doing in people's lives. So we'll, we'll have a, a confession, a time of prayer, and then we'll have community news that also talks about why we do what we do. also helps to orientate people about how we can actually have relationships centred in Christ rather than just special interests, and that being Christians means that we can share our lives with each other with people who are different to ourselves. And so after we had that piece, we would then have a Bible reading and then a sermon, and then we'd also have another song at the end, and then we'd, we'd wrap that up. So that would kind of constitute the formal time. But we talked about having that form, formal time as an hour so that people knew that that was going to go for an hour each week because we weren't trying to squeeze everything we do at church into that hour because we had the half an hour before. And as we'll talk about in a bit, we also have the dinner afterwards as well. Yeah. And sometimes we did do communion too. Is that Yeah, correct? communion is also part of our regular practice as well, but we d didn't do that every week, but we would have the Lord's Supper together as well. Yeah, cool. So as you said, after the service, so that the service is finished, usually about an hour, yep. as you would say. So about 6.30 is when... Especially at present Avenue Community Church, it required a lot of uh, moving about. Mm. Um, so we, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we needed to obviously kind of transition towards having dinner. Mm. How did we do that? Yeah, that was a really important part of the night. It wasn't just something we needed to do. One of the things I found important about that, it would help new people particularly feel like they could do something. Yeah. It's fantastic if you come along and you're not just a consumer, you don't just sit back. One of the best things that different ages can do together or different groups of people is move tables and chairs around. So the, the format of the room was set up as a, as a, for a church, formal church service. And then we would say at the end of the service, now, if you need to head home, it's been great that you've been with us. Again, it gives permission for people to only do an hour if that's all they can do or they've come to do. But we'd say, if you'd like to stay later, we're having dinner together now. And we'd always say that uh, it's $5 per head. So we tried to keep dinner at a very small price. But we'd also say that if it's your first night with us, dinner's on us. But then we'd say, we'd love you to help us set up for church. So even if you're here for the first time, tables are up the back, chairs are here, you'll notice that we're all setting up. If you'd like to just mill around and talk while we do that, you're welcome to. But if you'd like to help, that'd be great. And in our area of the city of Sydney, where we are, people like doing things. Uh, so there's a big culture in our area of soccer and daytime soccer for kids. And there's a lot of parents in the area that, that help out with the um, the rosters for soccer clubs and other sports too. There's rugby league and ground there's duty, AFL. And, canteen, and they do, yeah, they do canteen duty and ground duty. So everybody's used to that culture. So the funny thing about our churches in our area is if you're new, there's nothing really to do. You just kind of sit there. And some people feel a little awkward and out of place if that but you feel a lot more ownership if you can help set up a chair and table and it's only a small thing but that is a really good way to talk to someone new and also takes that awkwardness away from oh hi who are you whatever we also said about church that 
at Soul Revival, you have permission to forget people's names. Yeah. <laughs> so if you get someone's name, don't worry, just go, I've forgotten your name because they've probably forgotten your name yeah. too. So just say, oh, hi, I'm, I'm Stu. How are you? Oh, yeah, can you help me with the table? Yeah, how do you do this? This leg's hard. You know, that's yeah. sort of a bit of fun. Yeah. So we'd set it up. It'd take about oh, probably five or ten minutes to set all the tables up. The way we set the tables up for dinner was really important too because – Again, we'll go into more detail in later podcasts because we're going to be able to spend this season unpacking some of this stuff in more detail. Yeah. But basically, we'd set the trellises up in long trellises so that if you sat down with your friends or your family, you would be necessarily sitting next to somebody else. And what I used to love to see is a group of young adults sit together at dinner next to an older couple or next to a young family. And all of a sudden, the children were talking to the young adults or the grandparents were talking to the young adults or vice versa. And it creates that sense of family, like a family meal. So after we'd set it up, uh, our hospitality team, led by my mum actually, Bev, mm -hmm. uh, she had organised a roster where uh, there'd be team, uh, dinner teams that would take it in turns to do dinner. So it wasn't the same group doing dinner every week. And what they would do is is uh, everyone was on once a term or once every two months. So it was actually exciting to do dinner for everyone rather than a chore. And instead of just doing a sausage on a sandwich or making it, we did a home-cooked meal. Yep. But we worked out how to upscale that so that it wasn't too hard to do. And so these dinners were very hotly anticipated and everyone had their favourite different one. I don't but know if you had a favourite, but that's that was oh, a fun I just part. remember at PAC you could always smell what was coming yes. during the service before you actually had it at dinner. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. unreal. Yeah, and did you have a favourite dinner? Oh. Or do you even now? Now, well, now that we're at here at the factory, I do enjoy having um, the chicken burgers that um, chicken burgers, the Waddington yeah. team like to make. Yep. Back then I can't remember my favourite. Sorry. Yeah, you but the favorite? chicken burgers are good. I think they started them pretty early on, actually. Was, so. Yeah, they're still pretty good. And they make that nice little uh, salad with mango in it. That's, that's not mango's that's good. Mango and peach. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's excellent. Did so, you have do you have one bite? Yeah, I, I actually like the quiche, actually, which oh. not, not everybody likes quiche, but I'll, I like the quiche. Okay. From that, is, um, that is a staple. That's the that's a Quinn and her mum making yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I like yeah. that one. So yeah, so <laughs> everyone has different different flavors. The really important thing though too, and it's interesting to mention quiche in that because not everyone likes quiche, but we'd all we'd all attempt to to eat together all the time. Not yeah. because we we weren't trying to pitch that as oh come to this church because you can have this great food and dinner, and we didn't want to approach that as consumers. So what we would do is not have dinner and then people go oh I don't like this night so I'm going to go out and buy dinner and go somewhere else with a group of people we'd say the biggest part about this is some people have lovingly made this food for us and we tried to make um, you know nutritious meals with um, with everyone in mind so it was about the family having dinner once a week together it's like yeah. a big family dinner and that's it's continued to this day some other people have tried to do dinners and they haven't found like it's worked for them and I think because partly because the whole idea of dinner starts from the fact that we want to share our lives with each other. Not, It's not just based on, the oh, food. let's have dinner and the food. Do mm. I like it or don't like it? Yeah. So people need to understand from the leadership that – and I think if the leadership want to actually not only be pastors but be friends with the people they lead, it works. But if we don't all want to share our lives with each other, it doesn't work so much. And in some circles, um, people don't tend to think about churches where I – I have friends. Sometimes people go to meet friends and then do friendship outside of the church. But Saturday night means we can be friends and we can hang out with people who we wouldn't normally be friends with. And I think that brings glory to God. Because as people see older people and younger people or people of different uh, ethnic backgrounds being together and being one big family, people say, how is this possible? Because in the rest of the world, young people don't hang out with old people. 
how come you've got young people and old people? And we say because of Jesus. So that gives glory to Jesus. And that's the countercultural piece that I think works with the dinner too because sometimes people might sit with each other at church but you can actually go to the same service for years and years and years and not know everyone. But because there's a dinner afterwards and because of the coffee beforehand, you actually can get to know each other. And Saturday night is good because it gives you a bit more time to do that. You could do it. We, we do uh, do services on Sunday morning and Sunday night as well and Friday night actually. But the Saturday one I think is a real sweet spot because it gives you a chance if you've got time to not only have that dinner and not rush home, but if you are a family and you have to get home, you can still go home with the kids because you've had a bit of social interaction before church. And as the kids get older and you can stay later, you can you can make more friendships that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is, especially having the you know in terms of being able to share lives with each other and build a relationship. I think it works really, really well for yeah, us. Good. Yeah, good. Um, so dinner finishes up. So we got to kind of got to do another pack up in a sense. Is that? But that's something that we've also organised through the hospitality teams is like the actual clean-up yeah. team. Yeah, so then the, the hospitality team that's cooked the dinner, they they then uh, are blessed by people in the gathering coming and swinging on a tea towel, we like to say. <laughs> and that's another thing that it's not, a, it's not a ministry activity or a word-based ministry, so it's something anyone can get involved with. And we do have a lot of non-Christian people come along to check out Jesus and have a conversation about faith and, to, again, the setting up and packing up of the tables or cleaning up in the kitchen is a great way to have really relaxed conversations yep. where people can ask questions without feeling awkward. So you can you can be on a clean-up uh, group and say, so why do you come to this church or where did you come from or uh, what's your story? And while you're washing up and drying up, that's a nice way to have a conversation. And in fact, when I was growing up, some of the best conversations I had in my family was cleaning up after dinner where yep. we'd be in the kitchen. I don't know if you experienced that too in your family, but... Uh, maybe not so much, but I do know it allows you uh, a lot of opportunity to whip people with tea towels. You can, When you yeah. do swing on a tea yeah, towel, you yeah. give them a good, good <laughs> yeah. old whack. I know that my friend Michael Greaves really appreciates that. You've got to be discerning with that. but Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The right person. It right, has to be the right person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then late night follows that. So do you want to kind of describe what late night is? I think it, Late night sounds like it's like an official thing, but it's pretty relaxed. It, it is very relaxed. So that's bringing uh the again the, the the good thing about doing saturday night is we don't have to rush off to something necessarily now some people do go out to parties or whatever but uh there's also something happening every week at sorrow bible uh one of the things i might say too just before i jump into late night is as well as cooking a a, a really a good home-cooked meal uh at saturday night we often cook more than we need yes. and the idea of that is we we package that up in little uh, plastic containers if people want to take that home and we find that that's actually really good uh, particularly for people who might be um, between jobs at the moment or, or doing it tough if, if they could really appreciate another meal they can take a meal and it gives a lot of dignity to people who who can take some extra food and that can really help some families uh, with some extra food too but as some people are leaving and going home there are others that don't have anything to do that want to hang around so we've we've kept this idea of a late finish to sorrow revival uh, back in the 90s when we thought if we're going to be friends friends don't timetable right we're going to be friends from 7 30 to 9 30 and then we're all going to go home <laughs> we just hang out like and go home when we're finished so the idea of late night was for those that wanted to to make friendships at church uh, and and again there is a really strong biblical basis for this because jesus said i no longer call you uh, servants i call you my friends if you do what i say which is to love one another as i have loved you and so we 
take that on board and think, well, we can actually share our lives as a family and as friends. And so having a space at Soul Revival where sometimes we just don't do anything after church, people just hang out. Sometimes they put on a movie or they put on Cronulla Sharks and watch the rugby league game or or whatever um, people want to do. We just talk. Play board games or yeah, just talk. just talk, and, yeah. and sometimes people, um, you know, the young adults particularly, go home at one o'clock in the morning, like yep. just hanging out for ages. And that creates really good, deep conversations, not just shallow conversations. Um, sometimes you can go to church and have a coffee after church and rush off to the next thing you're doing. And you don't ever really get past, oh, how was your week? Oh, how was your week? And then you move on to the next conversation. But if you have a space where there's lounges and you've got a, an architecture that is suitable for it, you can just relax and enjoy conversations. And one thing I love about late night over the years, and I've spent 30 years hanging out on Saturday nights now, is you can actually have three or four really deep conversations on a night as well as a few fun ones as well. So, yeah, that's, that's part of what we do on a Saturday night too. Yeah, I would say that, they are the times where I've really deepened my relationships at Soul Revival Church, but also when we were back at Soul Revival in at Guymere Anglican yeah, too. Was yeah. a, that was the time where I really grew in my maturity and faith as well. So it's a really important time. Um, that kind of is the, the layout or the uh, running of the night. I think some people ask the question though, how do you actually run this? It sounds like it's a lot to do if you're just planning a church, which is what we did. But how did would you answer that question? Is like, how do you run this every single week? Mm. I think it's very organic. Mm. And for it to be organic, it needs to have a bit of structure. And the structure we put in place was uh, really inspired by Ephesians chapter 4, where in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about the fact that um, there are pastors who raise up Christians for ministry. And everybody in the body has a different role in the body. Uh, there are other places in the New Testament like Romans 12 where he talks about that as well, that uh, different gifts in the body are used for the, the building up of the body. And so we thought that that happens both in a structured way and in an unstructured way in churches. If it's just unstructured, that can lead to burnout because everybody's doing lots of things in an unstructured way. Sometimes you can end up taking too much on your plate. But if it's only structured, that can also lead to burnout too for people because they're just doing the same thing over and over and sometimes can feel like the only reason this church has me here is because I do X or Y. So what we thought we'd do is we'd say, let's let's consider that, uh, again, comes back to those three problems we had that in uh, our experience, sometimes uh, Christians uh, in the homogeneous unit principle can be a bit individualistic because they can pick a church service that suits them. Oh, I'm young, so I'll go to that service or I'm family and i'll go to that service and that leads to a bit of consumerism as a as an unfortunate shadow or consequence of the homogeneous unit principle which is i'm coming to consume church because you're putting on a product for me in my generation and then the discipleship and mission that can happen in that context can be um a bit transient because if if my you know my church that i'm a part of no longer really suits me as an individual or my family's needs i might go and look for another church or i might go to a different service now there's nothing wrong with people moving churches or going to other services but but what what is good is to give people an opportunity to stay long enough in a context in a local church where they can actually be part of the body and serve and be served and actually learn their spiritual gifts through serving uh, other christians so we thought if we have a bit of structure and a bit of unstructured service in our idea uh obviously soul revival is quite an organic group 
but we have some really structured things we need to do too, like the singing, the sound desk, um, the, the hospitality that we talked about, the welcome team, the kids ministry, who's looking after the kids. And so what we thought we'd do, uh, Matt and I, who were the founding pastors of Soul Revival, sat down and thought about presenting to the team when we we're in the launch phase. Why don't we set up service teams? And let's have quite a few of them that are led by uh, people who aren't actually the pastors. So the pastors are going to raise up people who are what we call in our context lay people who are going to be volunteering to, to serve in an area of ministry in a structured way but also just be serving in an unstructured way. But the structure gave us the opportunity so that we could do a lot of things in our church without burning out. And we also had an idea that if you pick an area of ministry – you can slide out of that at any time, uh, meaning that if you are feeling like your life's changed and what you had committed to is getting a bit overwhelming, you can slide. So we call that ministry slide. And with the ministry slide idea, we were saying to people, we don't value as the person who plays guitar in church. We value as a Christian brother or sister first. And then you know, your role and your ministry is helping to edify us. So the way we structured the structured part of service was let's have service teams and i think we started with five or six but we've ended up with 10 areas and that sounds like a lot but it actually gives a lot of creativity and diversity for people to do lots of different things uh, this season obviously we're going to go over each of those service teams so i don't need to, to go into too much detail now but i'd really encourage our listeners to think about when you are running anything whether it's a saturday night or anything else having having some kind of structure for people where they can say right i'm you know, I've got lots of things I'm doing in my life and if I know that I'm going to be partly reading or praying, I'm going to be on band at certain times, I'm going to be looking after kids at certain times, it gives the pastors an opportunity to look across the board and say, are there any people who are doing too many things? Can we help people to have a really enjoyable, exciting experience where they're digging into serving Jesus together in the local church but they can do that in a sustainable way? In a city like Sydney, there's a lot of people who are very time poor so time poor people can often sometimes overcommit because they're passionate about church. So we try and help people to be realistic about their commitment but also do it together as a big group. One of the downsides of churches in our area is sometimes people talk about the fact that it's only 20% of people who do 80% of the ministry in a church. And so we wanted to flip that and, in, and we have actually through this system that we're going to explain over the coming weeks, we have 80% of the ministry being done by 80% of the people because we've probably got 75 to 80% of people at Soul Revival who are doing uh, some kind of structured ministry. And, yeah, it does mean sometimes we get tired and we work hard for the gospel, but it also means we can do it long term. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that also the way that we build those teams, the service teams as well, is about around being Christian brothers and sisters together, which mm. helps us, again, deepen our relationship with each other, but also with God, and then it allows us to serve a lot more um, and help other people. So that that was a question I was going to ask. Does it help us fight against the eighty twenty rule? And then you answered it. Yeah, anyway, good, so it's good, fine. Yeah. Um, but as you said, we're going to continue in each episode to break down those service teams as well. So how they work, maybe two every episode. Um, but for now, I think we might leave it because that's the we've dealt with the practicality of the Saturday night, and then we'll move on to how we continue to work through planning a church and how it actually happened. But. Um, Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And I think we'll say finish off with a one way. Thanks, one guys. Way. Thanks, Joel.